Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host. And I love this venue. First of all, I love podcasts, but I really love this one because this is all about DHG and our life beyond numbers, which focuses on stories about flexibility, careers, and of course, our people. We are currently celebrating Asian Pacific Islander Month and the launch of our newest common interest group, the Asian Pacific Islander Network, or short APEN, which I love. I love an abbreviation. So I was doing some research recently, and I came across this article. Anti-Asian crimes in the U.S. are on the rise significantly in 2021. It said that this article said that there had been a 169% surge in anti-Asian hate crimes during the first quarter of 2021. And that was mind-blowing to me. Certainly probably not for my Asian friends, but news to me. So at DHG, you know, we've been spending a lot of time and energy over the past probably three to five years in building an inclusive workforce for all. And this starts with a shared understanding. So a great example, in the wake of the recent shootings in Atlanta, we held a My Asian Experience live stream where we heard from our Asian teammates and they helped us understand their perspectives. They helped us understand what they were going through, how those those shootings made them feel and, you know, helped us understand, yes, it is true. There is a hundred, 169% surge and that is very uncomfortable for our Asian teammates. So, you know, I believe and DHG believes that if we can seek to understand, we can truly make a difference in how we approach the world in a more inclusive way. For this month, we are highlighting a few of our um, heroes, and I'm so excited today. Lola Liu is joining me. She is a senior consultant in Transfer Pricing Group out of Metro DC. Welcome, Lola. Hi, thank you, Alice Gray. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. Lola and I had a chance to catch up before this and um, just delighted to, through this, get to know her better. But let's start with your path to DHG. I think you have such a great story. How did you wind up at DHG? Well, it's been a long journey. And you know that before I came to the United States, I actually worked several years in China. Then I got my bachelor's degree and a master's degree there. But I want to keep a little bit shorter today. And so I want to start from when I came to the United States. That was in 2015. So I came here to study MBA program in George Washington University. My concentration back then was finance. So I got to learn about transfer pricing in a couple of classes, for example, managerial accounting. Also, during the program, I had opportunities to do a couple of the internships in transfer pricing, which further increased my interest in that field. So when I was about to graduate from GW around May, June 2017, I was actively looking for job opportunities in transfer pricing. 
And for international students, it was kind of tough because we needed employers to provide H-1B work visa sponsorship. And luckily, DHG was one of them. I remember one day I saw a DHG transfer pricing consultant job opening. So I look up my current boss, Amazon's email address online and wrote an email directly to him, introducing myself and also expressing my interest in being part of his team, the transfer pricing team. I guess not everybody replied to emails like that. I totally remember I wrote many emails like that to different companies, but usually those emails were replied in several weeks or like sometimes I didn't even get a reply because I was an international student. However, Steve did and he replied the same day because he and the senior manager happened to be in DC during that time. So that was a very much <laughs> for me, seriously. I was like, what was the probability, right? So then we met in person for interviews. That went well, even if, I mean, the H-1B work visa sponsorship was still kind of tight and strict in DC, yeah. right? But Steve took a chance on me. I think they really needed to submit some documents to ask for approval to hire me, but mm-hmm. they... Despite of that, they did, and uh, that's how I got hired and uh, started the working transfer pricing DHG. And ever since, I think I loved what I've been doing, and I enjoy the one DHG culture and the inclusion diversity initiatives DHG is being promoting. So I feel very lucky to be part of the firm. I just love that story because two things. One, it shows what confidence you have and how, you know, like, I mean, how clever. I'm not sure I could ever really think to do that. And two, it shows what kind of culture we have at DHG. You know, you said you sent a bunch of emails. Well, we we are a people-focused culture, and Steve quickly you know, was able to recognize that you were somebody we should talk to. So I just love that. Thank you for sharing it. So when you moved to the, okay, so first of all, I cannot even imagine myself moving to a country that was my second language and not knowing a soul and being able to do it. So uh, kudos to you, Lola. So what was the hardest part of moving to the U.S.? Well, I think that probably is a question people ask me many times, like, oh, my God, you moved to the United States. It must be tough, right? And it is. I'm not going to deny it. And I'd say the hardest part of moving to U.S. was really to make connections with people and also speak up for myself because the cultural difference and language barriers and all those kind of things out there and I'm sure not only me, but also other people who came to the United States from other countries experienced or are experiencing the same things. And I can recall there were, there were a lot of times that I didn't understand what people were talking about, like especially in a group conversation setting, like they would laugh at some something people talk about and it just couldn't resonate with whatever they felt and their reactions. 
like a movie, a TV show, a celebrity from 80s, 90s, even like me sometimes. I just didn't know those person about left out. And most of the time, and I, that's normal. Like there wouldn't be somebody else that even thought about or, or bothered to explain to me. Suddenly, I also felt awkward really to ask so many clarification questions during uh, group conversations. So that was one of the, definitely the struggles I had all the time. And, but it's getting better as my language skills are better and uh, I know the American culture a little bit more than before. On the other hand, and I mentioned that on the broadcast for my experience. Yeah. Yeah, there were other times like I felt offended by others mm-hmm. or something didn't feel right to me. What I did back then was like, okay, I'll just ignore that. I would just talk myself out of frustrations and just like, oh, it's fine. Let's move forward. That's what I did and because I didn't want to get into any trouble. Right. Uh, my experience like, totally told me that that was not the right way or the best way to solve problems in this country. So I think it took me several years to really think things through and learn how to speak up. Mm-hmm. So I am really glad and proud of myself that I did that my experience session. And also, I'm here doing this podcast <laughs> with you. My experience. It's just like if you asked me five years ago, six years ago, or told me I was going to do this five, <laughs> six years later, I would be like, no way. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> I just think it's wonderful. And thank you for sharing your voice with others. And I think one of the things that I really learned through the my experience that we recently did was exactly what you said. I'd never taken a moment to really think about it wasn't isn't part of the Asian culture to speak up. And so for you to speak up and others to speak up, it takes such bravery. So kudos to you. Thank you. So what's one thing that, as we seek to understand that I started with, what's one thing you want people to understand about your culture? Yeah, I hope we have like an hour. So I guess. <laughs> <laughs> one thing like we just talked about is definitely, you know, we don't tend to speak up that much. That's our culture. It doesn't mean we don't have anything to share. So kind of similar to this, I want to talk about to understand why we behave or act in certain ways in professional settings. I think in our culture, we're kind of taught to think really hard before asking a question or making a statement. Basically, means we feel more comfortable to give a well-thought-out answer instead of just sharing whatever comes to your mind immediately or share our opinions prematurely. Because I think it was kind of weird. Like, if you ask a question that other people, most of the people knew or said something, and most of the people felt like, oh, that was so easy. I think it was kind of looked down upon sometimes. And so if during meetings or calls we didn't talk that much, it's very likely we're seeking for a best answer from us in our head, not because we don't have any thoughts about the topics. Actually, if we're asked to share our thoughts, I think we'd be more than happy to tell whatever we're thinking. 
And uh, sometimes you probably be surprised at what what's being on our mind, you know. So that's like a, one thing that happens probably all the time in the United States. The culture is really about if we're discussing something, you need to express your position, mm-hmm. your impact, right? Like as soon as possible, getting be part of that discussion. In Chinese culture, like the country I'm from, it's not like that. We basically were raised not to jump into discussion right away before thinking things through. But I'm not saying like, um, you know, my American colleagues, they are not thinking things through. I think because in this culture, you're well trained to have immediate response and come up with answers very quickly. But for us, we just need a little bit more time to think and put answers together. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. I don't think I've heard that before. So that's really a great thing to understand. Thank you for sharing that. But it totally makes sense. Just like, you know, the speaking up thing now that you mention it. Yeah. And now I learned that during the past several years, and I think speaking up is really, really important. And if you, anything comes to your mind, it is very important to share instead of to wait because the timing is very important too. When you miss that important timing, then it will be really hard to share your thoughts to have a similar level of impact. That's how I felt like. That is such a great point and something to totally understand. Okay, I'm going to shift gears a little bit, and I'm going to talk about celebrating this Heritage Month. Why do you think it's important that DHG and others acknowledge and celebrate these Heritage Months? Yeah, it is very, very important that we celebrate Heritage Months at DHG. Definitely, there are several reasons I can think of. One, I think it's a great way to show that DHG leadership values and supports the identity of the employees from the minority group. Also, I think it's a great way to get our employees educated about and interested in the cultures and history of the minority groups. Having said that, I also think it's a great way to raise the general awareness of the importance of inclusion and diversity in professional environment. Uh, I we hope that through the celebration of the Heritage Month, we will also be able to find and inspire passion in our employees to join us in the cause of promoting inclusion and diversity. Those are the things, like reasons. Well, I think it is really important that we celebrate Heritage Month at DHG, and I'm glad we're doing that, and we've been doing that for a while. Yes, we have been, but I feel like we're doing it each year. We do it a little bit better, don't you, Lola? Yes, and a little bit more. A little bit more. Yeah, include more people and have like a lot more diversity. That's definitely what I've been seeing. This is very exciting. Very, very exciting. So one of the things that we're doing this year is we're celebrating heroes. And, you know, I believe, DHG believes that heroes come in all shapes and sizes and and do different things. And going back to one of the things you said earlier, you know, I believe, Lola, that you're a hero because you're speaking up and you're helping us understand Asian culture, and you're helping us be more inclusive. So I thank you for being a hero at DHG. 
So I want to conclude by asking you, who is your hero? That's a, such a great question. There are a lot of heroes in my life, I'd say. In my personal life, definitely my parents, fiancé, his families, and my best friends. I just have to mention them. You know, <laughs> it's <important> podcast. <laughs> but like, I work, I want to give a shout out to my man- one of my managers, also my friend, Nama Michelle Wolf. She is originally from Israel, and she has been here in the United States for 10, 15 years. She actually was the one I thought about nominating for the Hero Podcast as well. Probably will do that in the future. She's the most passionate person I've ever met in helping develop others' career and professional skills. She's the best mentor ever in my mind. I have no concern in showing my true thoughts, emotions, weaknesses in front of her, which I think is very hard and to do and very precious because I always knew she was always there to provide support and all kinds of solutions and my best interests. And she has been giving her best in working with me on the areas that I felt need to improve. Based on all those, Nama is really my hero at work. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, this has, um, we're recording this on a Friday morning and both of us before started said that we both had long weeks, but Lola, this has been a highlight of my week and you helped me remember why I love DHG and why DHG is a great place to work. Well, thank you so much. That was great to have me on this podcast. I feel so honored to be here and to be able to share my experience. This is amazing. Oh, thank you. And thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG. DHG.